stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Uh, I hope that this, uh, I hope there are a lot of people listening today and um, that you will, after this show, we're, we're talking live now, but it's going to go into, uh, we're talking live now on May 7th, um, and it's going to go into archives, and I hope that you will spread this show, this link to the show around to your friends, because um, this is really important stuff. And uh, for, for those of you who have been listening for years, you know that during the first elections, the first two past two elections, um, I have had people on talking about the dangers of Obama and why we shouldn't elect him and how where his heart really lies and all of that. And uh, maybe you all voted against him, but uh, the rest of America needs to wake up. And before it gets even later, I was going to say before it's too late. But you know, one of the things I'm going to ask my guest is about impeachment. But in any case, it just boggles my mind to this day that more people aren't aware of um, how Obama is ruining America, from Obamacare to his policies on the Middle East and, and all these things that he's doing um, under the, you know, out of sight, essentially, um, that we, we're, we're going to one day wake up and, and, uh, and be shocked. Um, so my guest, who has um, been paying attention to all of this for years uh, because of his ability, and, and he'll explain this in more detail, to uh, monitor Arab um, broadcasts and understand them, um, has, has been able to unearth the, um, the uh, support for the idea that Obama may well be a Muslim plant in the White House. And today, I, I call today's show, Obama's Plan, Turn U.S. into Muslim Country Before His Presidency Ends. And, um, you know, Obama's Plan, question mark, Turn U.S. into Muslim Country Before His Presidency Ends. And we will get to that. But I think um, before that, um, we need to look into this whole idea of his being a plant to begin with and what else he has done and plans to do in the White House. My guest today is Avi Lipkin. He is um, a, a, a prolific author. One of the books that he wrote is Fanatic Islam, a Global Threat, um, he, under the pen name Victor Mordecai. And um, he 
is a U.S.-born Israeli citizen. He's the former member, a former member of the Israeli Defense Forces, both active and on reserve, and a former translator in the Israeli Prime Minister's office. So needless to say, he has been entrenched in all of this. He speaks, um, he's on television and radio a lot. He speaks at synagogues and churches and wherever people <laughs> want to be informed. And, um, and he is trying, um, doing a, uh, a wonderful job of uh, trying to get wor- the word out about all of this. And I'm very honored to have you on the show today, Avi. So welcome. Thank you, Dr. Carroll. Well, let's see. Where where should where do we start with what made you move from excuse me from the United States to Israel to begin with? How old were you? Okay. Well, uh, I was born in 1949 and uh, in Flushing, New York, and um, I was raised in uh, Long Island. And I, at age 15, uh, became a Zionist and decided to move to Israel. It wasn't until I was 19, uh, and I joined the junior year abroad program at Hebrew University in Jerusalem. Uh, and so I made Aliyah. I moved to Israel at age 19. And at age 20, I, I met my wife-to-be, uh, Rachel. And uh, Rachel is a Jewish woman from Egypt, and we're both the same age. And uh, it's very strange, you know, because I think like an American, like a Westerner, and she thinks like an Egyptian, like an Easterner. And the very first thing my wife said to me, uh, are you crazy? Why did you leave America? You know, everybody wants to live in America. And I said to her, because the Goyim hate us, the Christians hate us. Uh Are you saying the Christians are Goyim or Gentiles? I said, yes. And so she said to me, you don't know anything. Christians are not Gentiles. The Muslims are Gentiles. The Muslims are good people, don't get me wrong. But Christians and Jews, this is very important for my message today. Christians and Jews both agree that the God, that our God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We agree on the Old Testament, and we all agree that the Messiah is a Jew from Israel who speaks Hebrew. So I was completely shocked, and I was taught to believe that the Muslims uh, were the allies and the Christians were the enemies because of the Holocaust and the pogroms and the Inquisition mm. and the Crusades, you know the history, and that the Muslims were the allies in 1492 in Spain. And so she said to me, get over it. That was then, this is now. The Muslims will kill the Jews on Saturday and kill the Christians on Sunday. Mm. And um, so basically it is a clash of civilizations between Islam on the one side and Judeo-Christianity on the other side. And so this was uh, at age 20. And, um, you know, I went through a number of uh, businesses and jobs in Israel. I served in the Israeli Army. I was an Israeli Army spokesman. Uh, I think the important thing here, in addition to the overall uh, insider information that Rachel has, is her work at the radio. And here in Jerusalem, she works for Call Israel Radio, and she's in the monitoring department in the Arabic language. And uh, I think the most important point is that when she started 30 years ago, uh, the Arabs were saying, uh, the Saudis especially, were saying, uh, even if it takes us 150 years, we will convert America to Islam. And, you know, Rachel thought they were nuts. How could you turn the greatest Christian country in the world into a Muslim country? And now she's picking up broadcasts, uh, where they're saying 30 years later, you know, we thought it was going to take 150 years to uh. make America Muslim, and now we see that America is a piece of cake. Huh. We can take America in 30 years. 
And I don't know when the 30 years began, but what I want to talk uh, with you about on this show is the process that is leading to the Islamification of, or Islamization of America um, uh, at the expense of Judeo-Christian Western civilization and democracy. Uh, so that's basically uh, my story, and uh, I mean, I could I could do a monologue, but if you want to ask questions, you know, I'd be glad to yeah. answer your questions. Well, yes, you know that is a fortuitous uh, marriage, so to speak, um, <laughs> between you and Rachel because of her ability to um, to listen to these things, and what a great job! Um, what an exciting job to uh, to be the monitor of of this, um, and then for you to be able to. To convey the message to Americans and to the you know to the rest of the world, whoever will listen. Um, I mean that. So it's really a perfect opportunity. Um, well, why don't we? Why don't you? Um, what, if, why don't you start with uh, how you know how the idea that that Obama is a plant? Um, where does that where did that originate from, and how do you think it was carried out? Okay. Um, firstly, uh, I don't have to tell you, you know, uh, we're both Americans. Uh, I'm an Israeli, but I'm also still an American. Uh, that America started out as a, a very, very uh, Christian country. Uh, it's true that at the very beginning there were big fights between the Baptists and the uh, Wesleyans and the other groups, and, and little by little the Catholics were allowed in, little by little the Jews were allowed in. And uh, little by little, uh, there was more, how shall I say, atheism allowed in, and Hindus, and Buddhists, and, and Muslims. And, uh, and uh, the idea is this. Islam is a system. It's not just a religion. It is a system bent on world domination. And because it also has its religious aspect, if America has a Christian religious aspect, and if America is world power number one as a Christian nation, then for Islam to conquer the world, uh, America is the kingpin. America must be either destroyed or brought over to the Islamic way. Uh, and so in 1970, uh, there were 100,000 Muslims in America. And, uh, you know, I have a very, very lengthy testimony about how this developed. It takes hours to explain okay. it. And, of course, I know we still have like 45 minutes left. <laughs> but very simply what has happened, I believe there's a plan. And the plan uh, developed primarily at first through the universities in the 1970s. And, uh, you know, let's say Duke University uh, in uh, North Carolina would get, uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina would get a grant, uh, no strings attached, of $23 million uh, from some Muslim uh, potentate. And then he says, you know, I'll give you another $23 million if you establish an Islamic studies chair and uh, Arabic language chair. Huh. And so, of course, the university now is $46 million. And so, sure, why not, you know? And so the Muslims provide the professors, and they send in 500 young male students every year. And at the end of four years, you got 2,000 students because you mm. got 500 uh, freshmen, 500 sophomores, 500 juniors, 500 seniors. So that's 2,000 young, hot-blooded Muslim men who, by religion, are allowed to marry Christian, Jewish, atheist, or otherwise women. Uh, and then, of course, the women produce children for the Muslim fathers, uh, and these children uh, are Muslim because the father's a Muslim. And this is one of the key things about Obama. His father, there's no debate about it, his father from Kenya was a Muslim. Uh, his stepfather in Indonesia was a Muslim. So he's a Muslim, and if he abandons Islam, he must be executed by the Muslims. If he mm. isn't executed, 
then the question to be asked is, why is he not executed? Maybe there's something fishy going on. Mm. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, the growth of Islam in America has been very, very rapid, uh, very dramatic. Uh, after the fall of the Shah in 1979, America took in uh, 9 million Iranian Shiites who uh, would have been executed uh, by the Khomeini regime had they stayed in Iran. And um, so these 9 million came to America, they're Shiites. The Arab Immigrant Association claims today 7 million members, uh, so that's 16 million. Uh, Farrakhan, Nation of Islam, claims 4 million, that's 20 million. And uh, I know of many, many other groups that are not included here, uh, like Turks and uh, Albanians and uh, Indonesians and people from India and Africa, many, many Muslims and Palestinians, many, many Muslims have been brought into the States, uh, um, many of them as students with student visas, not as immigrants, as students, and then they come and uh, uh, they're, they're, they're invisible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my uh, wait, wait, wait. So let, let me today, stop. Let there me, are about I... 30 million Muslims in America as compared to 5 to 6 million Jews. Huh. Um, okay, Avi, I need, to, to, I need to stop you there because we need to take a break, and this seems like okay. a good spot. Um, and this is all so fascinating. I, but we do need to take a break. My guest is Avi Lipkin. Um, we're talking about Obama's plans, and I guess, and is Obama a plant? You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune in for an enlightening and thought-provoking program called The Child of Gulag. Our program is hosted by Dr. Yuri C. Feinberg, a political refugee and former citizen of the Soviet Union. Dr. Feinberg will add his unique perspective to issues that affect us today and will show how many of these issues are tied to the past, whether directly or indirectly. We'll also discuss future implications of these issues. The forum is open every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Avi Lipkin. He is talking about um, Obama 
and uh, the possibility that he is a Muslim plant. And also, before the break, we were talking about what's some of the history of of how this country is um, going towards what Obama seems to be planning, which is turning it in, turning the U.S. into a Muslim country before his presidency ends. So, Avi, continue with what you were saying. Okay, good. Uh, so, as I was saying before, uh, you have a university uh, like Duke University, and uh, they get you know twenty three million, forty six million dollars in order to open Islamic uh, departments and Arabic language departments, and then you have this influx of 500 young male students a year. And, you know, the question to be asked is, do they have money for 10 universities to do this? The answer is yes. Do they have money for 100 universities to do this? Yes. 1,000 universities? Yes. So what you have basically is you have hundreds of thousands of uh, Muslims coming into the United States every year as students. And, of course, many do go back to the countries from which they came. But uh, many uh, end up having a romantic relationship with American girls. Uh, they have uh, a budget from Saudi Arabia to buy them jewelry, to wine them, to dine them, to court them. And it, it has to be emphasized, any American woman who marries a Muslim student or Muslim man, by Islamic law, those children are Muslims. In other words, American girls become Muslim baby factories. Uh, in order for Obama to become uh, president, in order for Obama to turn America into an Islamic country, you, you have to already start with some kind of a groundwork uh, amongst the population. Uh, so we are, have reached 20 to 30 million Muslims in America before Obama even became president. So this is already uh, close to 10% of the American population. And this is a number which must be factored in with the blacks and the Hispanics and the other minorities, including the Jews. Uh, who voted um, uh, massively for Obama. So well, we're going to do the, uh, the uh, engineering of how Obama got elected in a few uh, minutes, but what I want to do is I wanted to tell you just a little story uh, that happened to me uh, early in my work in Texas in 1992, where a, a young cowgirl, you know, studying veterinary medicine, was telling me, you know, about these Muslim men uh, who she would meet in, on campus, University of Texas, and they would propose to her. You know, one guy would propose to her. She'd say, listen, I'm 18. I'm not ready to get married. Oh, well, there's another guy in our group. He wants to marry you, too. You know? huh. so, I mean, this is the, this is the kind of what, way it operates. And, you know, American girls, I'm not saying they're naive, because American boys and girls are pretty much the same. But these Muslim men come with tremendous amounts of money uh, to wine and dine American girls. And the girls fall in love with these guys. You know, they're exotic and they're very romantic and they're charming. It's kind of like Rudolph Valentino, <laughs> you know, the Prince of Araby. And, well, um, well, you know, so anyway, also, so, uh, a few I, years... I, yes, I think also, let me just interject, um, I think also they know which women to pick. I mean, maybe the veterinarian isn't a great example, although... Uh, there might well be something. Maybe she wasn't self. Maybe she wasn't confident about the way she looked or whatever. But they know which women to pick, who are going to be more vulnerable. You know, who maybe don't feel like they have many options, uh, many husband prospects, and so on. And they they target certain women uh, who they think they'll be able, easily able to convince to marry them. Well, this is true. By the way, the veterinarian lady that I was I'm talking about is a very pretty woman, uh -huh. blonde, blue eyes and everything. But anyway, the funny thing is, I was back in her church in Brownsville, Texas uh, in 1997, five years later, 
and now she was already a veterinarian. She completed her studies, and uh, she had met this Saudi prince, you know, at a flying school in Austin because she was, you know, flying all over Texas with her plane, you know, picking cows and horses. And anyway, so uh, they, they were always uh, uh, proposing to her, and she said, you know, I fly a two-engine aircraft here in Texas. And in Saudi Arabia, if I went back with you to your country, Saudi Arabia, I wouldn't even be able to drive a car. Mm. And, and they said to her, well, you don't need to drive a car. We have a chauffeur, and you don't need to drive a fly a plane because we have, or, you know, a first-class jet aircraft. But anyway, my point is, I, I go all over the United States and Canada, and I'm constantly picking up uh, uh, testimonies from ladies who... Uh, have been proposed to, or ladies who have married these Muslim men, ladies who have been divorced from these men, uh, ladies uh, who, uh, after they divorced, the men would take the, the kids uh, to Islamic countries, mm. uh, never to be seen again. In mm. other words, uh, she would have to go to these Islamic countries to get her, her, their children back uh, at, the, at risk of their own lives. Mm-hmm. And many American girls have died in Islamic countries because once an American girl is in an Islamic country with her husband, her life is not worth the same as it is in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what I'm saying is, uh, within a very short time, from 1970 until the election of Obama, America has already gone from uh, 100,000 Muslims to almost you know, 20 to 30 million. And... Um, You know, Obama, in his first inaugural address, if your listeners go to his first inaugural address, he says America is a Christian, Muslim, comma, Jewish, Hindu country, Mm -hmm. meaning America is no longer a Judeo-Christian country, Mm -hmm. it is a Christian, Muslim country. And uh, most Americans never paid attention to that. Yes, yes, I remember that. Huh? I remember that, and yes, it kind of uh, blew over. Yes. Now, he also said that America is the greatest Muslim country on earth. Uh, so he's a prophet, because this is the direction in which he's going, to make America the greatest Muslim country on earth. And Wait, when did, he say, when did he say... Christianity. When did he say that, that it's the greatest Muslim country on earth? I, I don't remember, but I heard him say it, and many people said, yes, we heard it too. You know, they huh. said America is the greatest Muslim country on earth. Okay, so now let's talk about Obama a little bit. Yes. Um, let's be uh, vote engineers. And, I, and you'll forgive me, or your listeners will forgive me, and I'm not a racist. Uh, I love all human beings, and uh, no matter what the, their skin color. But, you know, the... the uh, the engineers look like this. You have now a population in America of, uh, of, um, of minorities. You have uh, the blacks are 13%, the, the uh, Hispanics are 13%, the Muslims, according to my calculation, are 10%. So right there you have 36% of the population. Jews are 2%, that's 38% of the population. And all you need is some liberal uh, Christians from uh, Massachusetts and uh, he's over the top. He gets elected. Any any um, uh, engineer, vote vote getting engineer, can do this, and that's the reason that he was reelected four years later, because the minorities are coming in now. There are people talking now about 11 million illegal uh, immigrants, mostly Latinos, and uh, legitimizing, you know, giving them uh, legality. But, you know, I received emails this week uh, uh, about, I think, uh, a member of Congress by the name of Sessions, and uh, he's with a committee of eight people, and they want to bring in 57 million immigrants uh, into America, and they're not Hispanic. They're going to be Muslim. And, uh, and the reason for this is because the United States today 
and has been for decades, is controlled by Saudi oil and you know Islamic oil, Islamic petrodollar investments uh, into the U.S. economy. And uh, the U.S. will increasingly be dependent on that money. Uh, so th- my point here being that if America is dependent on Saudi cash and on Saudi oil, then uh, people in high positions in Washington are going to be much more uh, liberal as to opening the floodgates of immigration into the United States, uh, allowing millions and millions of Muslims into the country. So, at well, wait, point, wait, wait, wait. How does that? Well, break, well, but I want to tell you a quick testimony if I have well, wait, 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 wait. Just. I didn't quite, I mean, is this coming from, you said you got an email about this. Who is trying to get this? I mean, is this Obama who's trying to make this happen or or somebody in, in Congress or somebody who Obama has influenced? and uh, who are trying to bring in 57 but why would the, Okay, but why would the Congress, why are the congressmen trying to do this? Uh, it's it's just something that they're talking about, you know, legal, because there's this debate about legalizing immigration. It, by the way, if people write to my email, which is vicmore2001 at yahoo.com, I'll send uh, gladly the email to anyone who asks for it. I, I'm not making it up. These are emails that I get from people. I'm Okay, but I thought that the idea was that um, it, going along with the beginning of what you were saying, that um, that Obama is this plant and that the idea of his being a plant, the reason why he's planted in the White House is to make America a Muslim country, then it makes sense. I thought it was Obama's idea to bring in 50 to 100 million Muslims. Uh, well, I, I I don't want to blame him for that, but you are right. It makes complete sense that it would be Obama who would be up to it. He may be using proxies uh, to get this thing passed. Uh-huh. Uh, and and by the way, immigration is good for any country that has immigration because the economy grows, and uh, there are a lot of number games going on now. Europe, European Union is 350 million. Uh, America is 300 million. If you bring in 50 million immigrants, then the population of America equals the European Union. Uh, the whole idea yeah, but if the, if the immigrants are, pe- are, but but wait, yeah. but if the immigrants are people who are going to be dependent upon Americans, other Americans to support them through all different kinds of programs, then they're a drain on the economy, not something that will increase the economy. Uh, you are one hundred percent right. The, the, so the question then goes back to uh, where is the money trail? And the money trail is Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and all these other countries that are bribing a lot of top people in Washington, but also a lot of uh-huh. international corporations are totally dependent, addicted, you know, to the Saudi and uh, Qatari and Islamic uh, cash. Uh, it's not just China that owns America. It's the Islamic world that does. And uh, I don't even have to tell you, you know, uh, the only station I can really watch in the States is Fox News. And, and yet, I think, you know, there's some prints, you know, uh, uh, from the Emirates who own like 20% of the stock or something. So, you know, like, the media is controlled by advertising, by money, and Jews and Christians are broke. Uh-huh. Huh. Well, compared to the Saudis and the other Islamic countries with the oil, all right, we need to take another break. It's kind of ironic and sad that... um we're we're so dependent and and uh, and that we're spending. One of the reasons why we're broke is because we're spending all this money to fight the terrorists. And 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 then this, I mean they're they're coming. It's like a circular kind of thing. We can't we can't win for losing. All right, we need to take a break. My guest is Avi Lipkin. We're talking about uh, 
Obama's America, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, so stay tuned. This is important stuff. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Many people are seeking to make a difference in the world, but few actually have the tools to do so. Every week, host Mary Beth Lodge and her guests will have you thinking forward and will give you the tips to keep your life goals, priorities, and choices on track. The result is an easier, happier, and more inspired life. The name of the program is What Matters. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What really matters is the positive changes that you'll bring to your life and the world just by listening. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I'm kind of saying this quickly because I want to get back to my guest, Ali Lipkin. He is. Um, he has a lot of uh, credentials behind him, including being the co-founder of Israel Today magazine, um, he's also the author of six books, um, and in particular, one that I mentioned before is called Is Fanatic Islam a Global Threat? And uh, this is under a pen name, Victor Mordecai. Why did you think you had to write these books under a pen name? Well, it's, it's romantic uh, to have a pen name, but also uh, it helped keep me alive for 17 years. <laughs> uh, I'm now running for office in Israel, oh. and so now my fourth, fifth, and sixth books had to be under my real name because you can't write books anymore uh, under a pen name if you're running for office. Huh. What are you running for? Well, I'm forming a political party. I myself am not a Christian or a Messianic. I'm just a regular conservative Jew uh, living in Israel. But I'm forming a political party that will unite Christian and Jewish uh, voters in Israel. Uh, the Christians today in Israel are 8% of the population and yet there are no Christians in our Knesset. Knesset is like the Congress. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and I also believe very soon, at the end of the program, I'm going to allude to this, that I believe there are going to be many, many Jewish people moving to Israel from the United States, because as the Muslim numbers grow mm. uh, in America, from 30 million to 40 million to 50 million, and you've got, uh, I, I don't say all of them, but most of them are good people, but if you have a few crazies who start murdering Jews, uh, Jews can mm. pick up and have to leave and go to Israel. And by the way, there's 50 to 70 percent uh, intermarriage is Christian. So 
I don't see Jews leaving their Christian spouses in America. Everybody's going to move to Israel. Uh-huh. And so my party will be the party of the immigrants. Oh, that's very interesting, huh? And so what is the title, the job title, the office? The title of the, my fourth book is Israel's no, no, no. What's Bible Block. I mean, what's in other the, words, it's wait, the, wait, wait, wait. The, the book no, I mean, what is the office? Jewish that, Christian Alliance in Jerusalem. Uh, Avi, what is the office that you're running for? Uh, to be a member of the Knesset. Member of Knesset uh-huh. is like member of Congress, Congress here in right, America, right. there in America. Well, that, well, I wish you lots of luck with that. I think that's a, that's, that seems like it could hit a nerve and, and be successful. Uh, so I wanted you to talk about, in this book, Is Fanatic Islam a Global Threat, um, which was published in uh, 1997, Tell tell my listeners what you what is included. What what one of the things is that's included in there? Well, yes, indeed. Uh, as a former Israeli Army spokesman, uh, I, you know, I was uh, receiving many many groups and being briefed also by the Israeli Army, and uh, that had had a tremendous influence uh, on you know what was going on with Saddam Hussein and his invasion of uh, of Kuwait and uh, Desert Storm in 1991, all these different things, uh, I started putting them together in the book form. And uh, But the interesting thing is that four years before 9-11, which was 2001, my book came out, and I was said five times there that uh, they were going to use American planes, uh, hijack American planes, and crash them into the World Trade Center. And so, of course, everybody thought I was a racist and a hate monger, and, uh, and then after it happened, I was a prophet. I was a prophet. I said, I'm not a prophet. I just listened to my wife. Rachel <laughs> listens to them. And they said for years before 9-11 that they were going to take American planes, hijack them, crash them into the World Trade Center, because one of the ways to destroy America is to topple the tall towers. Uh, at this point, I'd also like to mention, you probably have heard of, uh, of Stephen Emerson, who's a very, yeah. very well-known um, figure and uh, investigator on Islamic terrorism. And uh, he, I mean, a lot of my input came at that time from him as well. And he appears all the time on American TV now. Yes, yes. Uh, so, so, so similarly, similarly, uh, regarding Obama and regarding where we're going, wait, my wife wait, just one second. Wait, 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 just one minute. Just not to go, go away from the Twin Towers for a minute. Has your wife picked up anything or have you picked up anything in regard to um, what they have now built on the site of the Twin Towers? Like, is there now a plan to uh, bomb it again? You know, or to use the planes, I mean, again, or, or do something else to destroy the building? Uh, no, uh, the Islamic uh, strategy is to look for link, uh, weak links in the chain. And, for example, I don't know, you're going to be very shocked that I tell you this now, but uh, the Oklahoma City bombing in, on April 19, 1995, uh, the Christian right-wing militias were blamed for it, uh, Timothy McVeigh, Terry Nichols, but the fact is uh, that they were working with many, many Iraqi Army Republican guards uh, in Oklahoma City, and that this was a Saddam Hussein attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also one of the reasons, you know, why the U.S. Uh, was so uh, obstinate about going into 2003 and removing him, is a settling of accounts. Uh-huh. Um, but again, my work is to be like a private investigator, and I was actually in Oklahoma City a week before and a week after the bombing. I was in Tulsa doing the bombing, and I received information, which is also in its fanatic Islam, a global threat, that this bombing was a, a, a Iraqi mm. state uh, terrorism. And in my third book, Islamic Threat Updates, Almanac Number 1, I have more proof 
uh, and that, for example, Terry Nichols trained with Ramzi Yusuf in uh, the Philippines on making bombs. You know, so I don't say they were Muslims, but they were working for the Muslim mm. anti-American cause. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very interesting. Okay, now I know you want to get to Obama, and I want to hear about that too. So go ahead. Okay, so let's move a little bit forward now. Uh, the the tone of the Arabic broadcast is that um, if America is an ally of Saudi Arabia, uh, meaning if America will fight Saudi's battles, then the Saudis will give America money and oil. If America does not do the bidding of the Saudis, then they're not allies, and then the Saudis will you know pull the rug out from under the feet of the American economy. Um, and this was before Obama. Uh, during George W. Bush, they were constantly uh, talking down to him, that he was their slave, that he was their servant. And uh, you have to remember, George Herbert Walker Bush uh, left the White House in 1992 with tremendous amounts of money being paid to him uh, by, um, uh, not Halliburton, uh, the other company. Can't remember. One of these big companies uh, that work with the Saudis um, and... Um, in a moment, uh, and, and that actually the Bush family has received a, a tremendous amounts of money. Barbara Bush, Neil Bush from the collapsed S and M Bank, they work for the Saudi King. Uh, so there, there's, I believe, a very strong conflict of interest um, uh-huh. within that family. Uh, and it's not only him. You know, Clinton received tens of millions of dollars for his library from the Saudis. Uh, every president who leaves the White House gets money from the Saudis. Um, okay, so 2006, George W. Bush still has two more years to go. Uh, my wife picks up a broadcast that she cannot understand. The Saudis are saying, we will have a Muslim in the White House in 2008. And, you know, I've got one of those X-ray vision wives that see right through me and right through anyone. They know exactly what's going on. She could not figure out what they meant when they said they would have a Muslim in the White House. Nobody knew who Obama was in 2006. This guy came out of nowhere. And uh, anyway, in 2010, January 19, 2010, uh, my wife was watching um, Egyptian TV, uh, Channel 3. Uh, it's called the Nile Channel. And um, they were having a roundtable forum discussion uh, with members of the Muslim Brotherhood. This is before the Arab Spring. And uh, the former foreign minister of Egypt, Abu Ghraib, and uh, Abu Ghraib was being attacked viciously by the Muslim Brotherhood who were saying, oh, you and Mubarak and your government are all traitors and you're all infidels and you should break the peace agreement with Israel and start a war and very hot, hot-tempered guys. And Abu Ghraib was very kept his cool. And he said to them, you guys are finished. Is it my turn to t- talk? He said, yeah. They said, yeah. He said, you guys are all amateurs. You don't know what you're talking about. We in the Egyptian government know exactly what to do with Israel and, and, and the timing of it. And in fact, let me, let me calm you guys down, Abu Ghraib said. He said, Obama was here in 2009, and I had a private meeting with him, and he swore to me that he's a Muslim. He swore to me that his father was a Muslim, which makes him a Muslim. He swore to me that his stepfather in Indonesia, Sotoro, was a Muslim, and that he was raised in a mosque and in a madrasa until age 11. Uh, you know, there was this great uh, Francis, you know, you have Pope Francis now, but there was a Francis Xavier who said um, uh, many years ago, give me a child until 10 and I'll make him a man. Mm. Obama was made a Muslim man in the mosque and madrasa until age 11. He says this in his book. And he said, I swear the day will come, I will show you what I'm going to do to Israel. 
and uh, people who are listening to this broadcast can go to the YouTube Saudi Plan P L A N T uh, and uh, see exactly this testimony. It's very authentic, and uh, it explains exactly the role of Obama as a Muslim and uh, getting into the White House. Um, you know, I have to tell you just a little story. I was in um, uh, a church meeting in uh, Rockford, Illinois, about four years ago, and uh, uh, 200 people, and a gentleman gets up. He says, you know, I used to be a mailman. I'm retired now. And I used to go to the home of Bill Ayers in Chicago to deliver the mail. And I always saw this young black guy there. And mm. I asked him, who are you? He says, I'm going to be president of the United States. Huh. And it was Obama. In other words, Obama was engineered to become president of the United States. And uh, there were, there, like I said before, if the Islamic agenda is that America will be the greatest Muslim country on earth, uh, that you're going to basically cancel out uh, Judaism, cancel out Christianity, and replace it with Islam, uh, then you need a Muslim president uh, taking orders from Saudi to fulfill their orders and complete the plan. And it is being completed. Uh, and so what I'm saying now is, even before Obama came in, you had 20 to 30 million Muslims in the U.S. And what we need to look at now is the Arab Spring in Egypt, and, uh, I mean, not only Egypt, you got to look at Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Iraq, all these countries that have, still have some Christians left. And look a little bit at, at logic. Logic is this. You've got 90 million Egyptians. Uh, 10 million of them are Coptic Christians. Uh, these 10 million Coptic Christians are very much like Jewish people. They're educated, they know languages, they're rich, they're industrious. And then you had 80 million Muslims who basically are busy making children and are not. The backbone of the Egyptian economy is the Christians. So the Muslim Brotherhood comes to power. And they say, you know what? Uh, the, the Christians have one of three choices. Either convert to Islam, die, or flee. Hmm. And so the Christians, are many of them are going to flee. Many are going to die in a civil war in Egypt. And the Egyptian economy is going to collapse because Egypt, the Christians in Egypt are the backbone of the economy. Uh-huh. What happens to a country when the economy collapses? The people starve. The Muslims will starve. When they starve, what do they do? They leave. Where do they go? They will come to America. Hmm. So that you're, you're facing um, forced immigration of starving people into the U.S., 50 million people at least. Hmm. Well. Well, that all makes sense, and it's going to do to America what it did to Europe, what it's doing to Europe, which is uh, bankrupting it. Well, we do need to take another yeah. break. My guest is Avi Lipkin. Yeah. Uh, again, one of his books is Is Fanatic Islam a Global Threat? You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, so stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join your hosts Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with Avi Lipkin, who's telling us some really important things that he and his wife... (laughs) Have uh, has been hearing on the um, Arab language radio and television stations uh, in the Middle East, and I just wanted to clarify one thing that he mentioned um, because just to make sure that it's it's clear, um, when Avi was talking about the broadcast, the 2010 broadcast on Egyptian television, the Nile station, great, <laughs> love that, the Nile station. Um, that the leader was talking about his meeting with Obama, who um, assured him that he was Muslim and so on, his father was Muslim, and that really deep down he's Muslim. And Obama said, I'm paraphrasing, uh, as soon as I take care of the health uh, issue in America, the, the Obamacare, then Obama said, you, you, must, you Muslims will see what I will do for Islam regarding Israel. In other words, regarding destroying Israel. So I just want to make sure that that, was, that whole part was clear. And go ahead. You were saying um, during the break, Avi, you were saying you wanted to talk about uh, Europe because I had just mentioned that. Yes, indeed. Uh, but before I do that, I want to go back and uh, continue what you were saying. Okay. Obamacare. Yes. And also uh, fixing the American economy. And one of the things we're looking at now, indeed, is just this week, this past week, uh, Wall Street uh, surpassed the 15,000 mark for the first time. Uh-huh. And, so, and so as the American um, money uh, leaves the country to pay for the oil supplies in the Middle East, uh, that, those, that money comes back to the U.S. in the form of Islamic investments and buyouts. And so that's one of the reasons why the American mm-hmm. economy is not collapsing. You know, I, I go to a lot of churches and they talk about, oh, the dollar's going to collapse, America's going to collapse, the economy's going to collapse. Nonsense. You know, as long as you've got the Saudis bankrolling the American economy and investing in the American economy, then uh, theoretically uh, you're safe, uh, money-wise. Uh, spiritually-wise, you're dead because it's going to become a modern country. But uh, anyway, uh, what I want to talk about Europe now was that uh, I, I'm very, very uh, honored that you have a convicted criminal on your uh, radio show. Uh, I was convicted in, in Switzerland of uh, hate speech against Islam, huh. and I was given a three-year jail sentence, uh, which was commuted by a $1,000 fine paid by the Christian EDU party. Huh. I participated in the uh, Minaret Initiative in 2009. The Muslims wanted to put up minarets, and, you know, 4.30 in the morning, they start yelling out, Allah Akbar, which means Allah is greater, 
than the God of Israel. And uh, the Christians didn't want it, and Jews didn't want it. And praise God, when they had the national referendum vote, it was 57.5% of the Swiss people voted against the minarets, so praise God, there are no minarets today in Switzerland. But the Muslims took me to court, and, uh, and I was given, like I said, a three-year jail sentence. And I cannot go to Switzerland to speak about Islam. I can go skiing if I want, but if, I, if they take me saying anything about Islam in Switzerland, uh, the three-year jail sentence uh, goes into effect. Uh, uh, but I wanted to tell you... Wait, that's pretty scary, though. Only 57% of the population voted against it? Yes. Well, actually, the, the Swiss government was, was shocked because they thought that the majority would uh, approve the uh, minarets, and the Swiss government also is all about money, and if you're all about money, you're going to go with the Muslims. Mm-hmm. But the Swiss people are much more conservative than that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, uh, the two things that got me the three-year jail sentence was, I was saying that Allah is not the God of the Jews and the Christians. Allah is another God. And uh, I actually said Allah is Satan himself. It was only, you know, when you hear the joke I'm going to tell you now, you'll understand why I say that, and that Islam is not a religion but a criminal psychosis. I mean, if you're a psychiatrist, then this is exactly up your line. So let me tell the joke. And I, I should be able to finish it before the end of the show. Okay. Uh, the joke goes like this. What's the difference between neurotic people and psychotic people? Neurotic people dream about castles in the air. Psychotic people live in castles and, um, in the yes. air. Yes. And psychiatrists collect the rent. That's right. I so told the joke every night in Switzerland, 23 different cities. So I said, you know, Adolf Hitler was psychotic for many reasons. I'll give you two. He thought he could conquer the earth, and he thought he could kill all the Jews. Now, why are these psychoses? And the answer is, because firstly, nobody can conquer the earth. Anyone who thinks he can is crazy. The Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Mongols, Napoleon, Hitler, Stalin, they all thought they could conquer the earth, and they were all psychotic. And the second thing, he thought he could kill all the Jews. And, you know, so I say like this, you know, I divide the human race into two, believers and non-believers. Jews and Christians are believers, they believe in God, they believe in the Bible. Uh, Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims are great people, but they believe in other systems. But if you're a Jew or Christian, you believe in the Bible, you believe in Jeremiah 31:35, which says that there will, there will be no more Jews on the earth when the moon, the sun, and the stars stop shining, hmm. which means you better pray for the Jews. Uh, and then two-thirds of the human race, which don't believe in the Bible, the Hindus, the Buddhists, and the Muslims, they all know that Jews have been scattered to the four corners of the earth. If you can't conquer the earth, you can't reach all the Jews mm. to kill them. Therefore, mm. uh, psychi- psych- psychiatrists will agree with me that anyone who thinks that you can kill all the Jews is completely crazy. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't conquer the earth, you can't reach the Jews. Anyway, so uh, what does Islam believe? It's gonna, number one, it's going to conquer the earth, psychosis number one. Number two, it's going to kill all the Jews, psychosis number two. Number three, it's going to kill all the Christians, psychosis number three, two billion of them. Even Hitler had no plan to kill the Christians. Uh, psychosis number four, one billion Hindus of India. Uh, psychosis number five, two billion Buddhists, including communist China, which I recommend to the Muslims not to do, because the Chinese don't take prisoners. They don't have the ACLU. Uh, psychosis number six is that one-sixth of the human race is going to kill five-sixths of the human race and get away with it. Psychosis number seven, after they kill everyone else, the Muslims kill each other, which is what we see happening in Syria, Lebanon and Iraq, etc., and the psychosis number eight, if you die for Allah, you get 72 virgins. 
I was in Switzerland. The Swiss are very staid, you know, they're very, very stoic. They don't laugh at anything. <laughs> and they were laughing at this joke because it's crazy. You know, I say, I can't manage with my wife, Rachel. I don't know how they married four women. Seventy-two virgins would be hell. <laughs> so anyway, so that that is my psychiatrist joke for the day for you. But the point is, the Muslims didn't think it was very funny. And uh, this joke was what got me into trouble in the course huh, there. Huh. Islam is a psychosis. Wow. Oh, that's that's very interesting. And of course, that's one of the ways also that uh, I'm mean, trying to get Sharia law in. But we're we're getting close to the end. And oh well, we are almost at the end. I want to make sure before uh, the end of the show that you give out, tell people how to reach your um, your YouTube video, which I really would urge everyone to watch. It's called "Is Obama a Saudi Muslim Plant in the White House?" and uh, it's had almost five million views. And um, tell people. I mean, I guess they can they can look it up by by that title. Is Obama a Saudi? No, no, no. no. Two words. Two words. Saudi plant. That's all. Okay. Saudi plant. Okay. and it pops up. Okay. Good. Very good. Because you have to you have to watch that, folks. Um, it, it, yes. Now, also, there is an interview I did with Gary Spearman of uh, Prophecy in the News in Oklahoma City, where I talk about fifty million Muslims being brought into the U.S. Uh, by Obama. Uh, there, there's tons of free uh, downloadable information in Google search and YouTube. And of course, uh, uh, my website is victmore.com, my pen name, Victor Mordecai. So half of Victor, V-I-C, half of Mordecai, M-O-R-D.com. And people can also write to me through the website uh, as comments. Uh, people can also write to my direct email, vicmord, V-I-C, M-O-R-D. Uh, 2001 at yahoo.com and uh, I have six books, ten DVDs, ten CDs. I also have three DVDs in Spanish and my first book, Fanatic Islam, is translated into German, if you have any Germans listening. And uh, that's the story. I'm working now on Hebrew language uh, books, CDs, and DVDs for the Knesset election campaign. And, uh, you know, anyone who's interested in Israeli politics should definitely get my fourth book. And my sixth book is called uh, Return to Mecca, which describes the collapse of the Saudi kingdom and its occupation by allied troops, which will include Israel. Huh. Wow. That's a, a future thriller? <laughs> the future is now. The Arab <laughs> Spring is coming to uh, Saudi also very soon. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. I know you're, you're a wealth of information, and, and, uh, and obviously we've been hitting some of the highlights but I think I think people are the, the main the main thing that the takeaway is that in all these different ways um, the, this information is available in Arab language, which um, Avi and his wife are are dissecting and trying to communicate to us. And obviously, you know, it's really important to to uh, find out all these things ahead of time, just like. Uh, as Avi was talking about uh, realizing that 9-11 was going to happen. He wrote about it before it actually happened. So Avi Lipkin, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you all for listening. This is all, you know, we really, really need to do something about this now. And, um, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.